Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast on this Halloween night. Speaking of Halloween, what a terrifying game it was yesterday. It was like some kind of horror movie, wasn't it, Anne? In all my years of watching Stoke, I have never seen such a capitulation. I've never actually seen Stoke three up and managed to contrive to chuck it away at home. I've seen us come back from terrible results, but three goals in five minutes, there's just no excuse for that. It was an absolute dire five minutes, or dire second half, actually, after Fletcher scored the third goal. I don't think we had another shot on target till injury time. But listen, these things happen, as people say, and if anybody thinks I'm happy, well... I'm not. I'm really, really annoyed by this. I'm absolutely devastated, to be honest. I mean, I thought, here we go, good result, get us back up there. It'll just, just kick, tick things over till January till we make, can make signings. But to be honest, the entire team literally let themselves down in five minutes. I've never seen a team that has only scored one in six games or something. That eight, is, one in eight. Yeah, one goal in eight. And, you know, hasn't even got a manager. You know, they've lost eight on the bounce. They are they were the one of the worst team I've seen it's to play Stoke for a long time. And we let them score three goals. But, Ian, they should have been two up before we scored. That's what annoyed me. You knew they were getting behind the back of our defence before we scored. I mean, Brown's goal was great, but there was alarm bells going like in the third minute. Yeah, and nothing was done about it. Again, that's what we're getting down to, and, and the manager has to take a lot of the blame for this. It, it, this I wouldn't disagree. It, it, the fact is that, you know, the, he, he saw that the things were coming on. We just weren't finding Kiefer Moore, but they were getting round the back. The wing-backs weren't covering. The centre-backs, James Chester might as well not been on the pitch yesterday, and we'll go into him on player ratings. Ben, ben Wilmot was too busy trying to bomb the ball forward at every opportunity, even when we didn't have the ball. And... You look at many other players there, like Suter. What was Suter doing yesterday? Kept giving the ball away all the time in key areas. And Berzik, uh, time for a loan, I think, in January. Get him out. Well, I did say to you when when we were having a discussion the other week that whilst I do think Berzik will be way the better keeper than Adam Davis at this, this moment, he's prone to make mistakes. It's a difficult one because a young keeper needs experience, as you say, they won't send him out on loan again, but Adam Davis's contract is up, I think, at the end of this year, so you're probably going to say goodbye to Adam Davis, I would think, because he isn't going to want to play second fiddle. But, look, Joe Bursick made a couple of good saves. I mean, he stood up and blocked a couple of shots, but it was a really... There's no way of saying it was a... Other than it was a terrible er- er- error for the first, and the shot that hit the post was deflected, but I still think he was out of position for that. Um there you go I mean we can go through the player ratings and, and mine would be very good if you did them on the first half they'd be much better than the second right well we can do that if you want we'll go on the first half and the second half and then an overall uh, so like it is player ratings it's going to be interesting this one I think there's going to be a lot of people going to be interested in it, what our opinions are on this so first off we go in with Joe Basic. well the first half I'll give him a, a seven um, because he didn't really have much to do so, a seven for me. Do you want to do the second half straight away after? Yeah, straight away after second, yeah. Right, well, the second half, I'll give him a four, because uh, no matter what you say, it was a terrible er- error for the first goal. Um, I just thought he was not good at all, second half. So, he's getting a four, and he's lucky to get a four. Right. I'm getting with a six for the first half. Did, did all right. Couldn't really complain at what he was doing. 
but he gets a one from the second half because that goal is pathetic. I don't care what anybody says. The errors like that, it doesn't matter if you're a top goalkeeper or you're a young and experienced one, you let the ball bounce under you and go in the back of the net. And it's completely changed the momentum of the game. People keep saying, oh, Chester's at fault and, and everybody was at fault, but you can't let a shot like that go under you at any level. You know, it, it, Wrexham need a goalkeeper. If they want him, they can have him on loan for the season if they want. <laughs> That's all I can say about that. But the thing is, it appears to a chuck in Adam Davis. I don't trust him either. So, <laughs> I don't know who put on goal. Well, then you say you gave Jack Bonham a chance because he must be knocking on the door and saying, excuse me, you've, you've signed me. Are you going to put me in at some point? <laughs> Are you why, why have I been signed? Just sit there. Yeah. <laughs> get, get, just just get, get him in. See what he can do. I don't think he's played yet, has he? <laughs> has he played yet? No. <laughs> right, so now we move into the star of the show, James Chester. Um, I thought James Chester was pretty poor the first half, really, even though he didn't have a great deal to do. When they got passes in the first half, he was nowhere to be seen. And, and, and teams know that the way to target us is, is to get the ball over the top and pass James Chester because his legs have gone. He may well have been a great player. I thought he was... Not great in the first half, so he's getting a four in the first half, and he's lucky to get a two in the second half. Very, very generous there. I'm giving him a three in the first half and a one in the second half. I thought he was horrific yesterday. If a player that shouldn't be at this level, he shouldn't be at the club football club. I knew that at the start of last at the start of this season. I said I don't understand why we're giving Chester a new one year deal. Get rid of him. Just get rid of him now. If we can cut his contract up in January, let him go. I'd rather see Forrester when he comes back from his loan in that position yeah. than him. He's yeah. done. He's completely finished at this level. League one, league two, he might have a couple of years, but at championship, he is finished. He's lost his pace. He's got no aerial defensive abilities, in my opinion. He, he never wins an Eddie. And he's too slow to get into the positions to, to defend. Kiefer Moore was just taking the mick out of him at many times yesterday. Not good yeah. enough at all. Get him Keep out of that more, team. I mean, Keeper Moore taking the mick. No offence, Keeper Moore, but taking the mick. Mm. Absolutely ridiculous. Right. Now we're moving to Ben Wilmot. Well, he did one very good cross in the first half. Um, I suppose he could dine out on that for a while because, of course, we did score. But um, I thought he was, apart from that, I thought he was too busy trying to maraud forward. Um his passing went off, he was out of position a lot, um, so first half, did I say give him a four? Second right. half, I'll give him a three. Right. I'm going to give him a five for the first half and a nine for the oh second half. Oh my God, come on. <laughs> no. no, I'll give him a five for the first half and I'll give him a two for the second half. Is there any truth in the rumour that he's your love child? Uh, well, I, I, I doubt it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I doubt it at my age. <laughs> um, I remember, I'm only a young lad. So it's one of them. <laughs> uh, right. Again, I'd rather, I don't. People keep talking about this holding midfielder problem that we've had. I think we've got a solution there in Ben Wilmot, in my opinion. You know, if we're struggling defensively, we, we he obviously has been getting told by the manager to run forward. It's obvious because yeah. he's doing it all the time. So he, yeah. he, he's not doing it on purpose. He's not doing it off his own back. The manager's telling him to, to be a part-time holding midfielder. Yeah. Now, if the problem is with that is if he can't get back, it kills it. 
And yesterday, yeah, yesterday, they were, but it's not just him who's doing it. The whole team seems to move in a unison that happened second half of last season as well. Well, and, what, you know, I noticed that they were higher up the pitch by a good 10, 15 yards yesterday. They'd clearly all been told to move up the pitch. But once they got a goal back, we should have all dropped back a bit. Yeah, but they but didn't. We, didn't. we, we went, went to And the thing is, the reason why I'm giving Wilmot that is because he's got to improve on his defensive works and, and but Michael O'Neill's got to help him with that and telling him to stop bomb on that's up to the manager to tell him that he can't tell him bomb on and then us blame him for making mistakes there's a good player in Ben Wilmot we all know I think, there's a, I think there's a really good player there if they could knuckle him down to something right but Michael O'Neill's got to get that out of him yeah. and first half I liked him he made a good cross I thought he was doing some good runs and I think <laughs> one part of the first half I thought he was going to score he raced all the way forward I thought yeah go on Wilmot but he, he lost the ball right so now we're moving to Harry Suter I thought that was the worst game he'd had in the Stokes with his shirt he's, he's lost his form completely first half give him a 5 uh, second half I will give him a lucky 3 uh, I'm going to give him a 4 for the first half I'll give him a 2 for the second half he was, he was atrocious yesterday absolutely atrocious he, he kept chasing the ball it was like it was like a terrier chasing a tennis ball. It, as soon as the ball came forward, he was, he was chasing the man, leaving gaping open spaces all the time. He had a couple of times where he he bumped into Wilmot and bumped into Chester because he was getting in the way of each other. You know what's going on? What what the hell's happened in this last couple of weeks? Are they getting real bollockings that have made them completely change the way they're playing? But Suits yesterday was at fault for the was at fault for the second goal, in my opinion, and. Yeah. And why did he leave his marker for the second, for the third goal? And you know, to be honest, he lost his marker for the for the offside goal as well. You know, I'm laughing. It's 24 hours on now since the game, and we both still wound up. And there's only football that can do this to you, really, isn't there? Yeah, there is, there is, and Harry Suter. But <laughs> but that's that's how we'll do it with right. Uh, so now we're moving to Tommy Smith. Right. Well, the first half he was okay. The second half, he didn't stop the shot came in that came in for the first goal, or the cross for the third, and after we scored the third goal, I don't think he got forward at all. In fact, I don't think he got forward much anyway. I, I thought he was pretty poor, so um, because there wasn't much to do in the first half, I'll give him a five, and the second half he's getting a three. Uh, four for the first half, one for the second half. Um, absolutely pathetic performance from Tommy Smith. That's the Tommy Smith of old, that is. Yeah. That yeah we, so he's back, which is yeah. unfortunate. He, running forward, you know, he was doing all right. But the problem is, all the def- every every time Cardiff saw a, saw a route through the right left side, which is Tommy Smith's side, because yeah. he was non-existent there. It, but even, but not, the thing is, with both of the crosses, he was standing next to the defender. I mean, the the Colwell who scored their first their first goal, absolutely pathetic defending. You know, get your foot in, stop him crossing the ball, or stop him even shooting. Do something. You're a professional player. What are you doing, standing there watching him shoot and then going and then blaming Chester? Like, why are you blaming him? It's your fault. You didn't stop the ball coming in. That's what a right back is meant to be doing. He put no crosses in. No balls were there. Garbage. Where's Dunani? Annie? Right. Okay. Uh, so now we'll go to Tommy, uh, not Tommy, uh, Josh Tyman on the left. 
thought it was his poorest game for a long time. I mean, he gave him the second goal, and I thought that was a pretty crucial goal actually because if we'd have if we'd have hung on a bit longer, I think we'd have got our act together. But I mean, it's not the first time he's done just so poor a pass. Uh, you know, he's he, he's not taking on his man. He's not getting past people anymore, and. Um, Again, he didn't get forward like Smith in the second half, and it wasn't because we were under pressure, because they were one of the poorest teams I'd ever seen at Stoke. So, for me, he's getting a three in both halves. Uh, he's getting a one in both halves for me, Josh Time, and I thought he was absolutely atrocious yesterday. And I don't know why he's still playing. The thing is, we, it's, it's been a great story at the start of the season when he's come back into the team and he's done okay. But yeah. the fact is, he's too inconsistent. He isn't good enough for this level. If we want to get promotion, we're not going to do it with a Josh Tarman at left wing-back. I've had it with him now. His contract's up at the end of the season. Let him go, Accrington Stanley. It's the best place for him. And it, it, just not good enough at all yesterday. He, he was not getting involved in play. Every time he, he, he chased and got the ball, he then passed it straight to Cardiff. On I counted 11, 12 times, he passed the ball away. And then the... the Goal for the second one where he just slaps it easily, giving it to the Cardiff players and let them press was absolutely unforgivable. And yeah. the quicker we can get Alfie Dog Dowerty into this left side, the better. Because the problem is he's inconsistent, he doesn't bring enough to the table, and he walks around with his mouth open too much. And we all know we don't like that, especially down Stoke. Yeah. Paul, get him out of the team. Right, so now we're moving to Jordan Thompson. I thought he was the best midfielder on the pitch. I thought he, uh, he he's not brilliant, is he? But he he's um, he does the job. He gets stuck in, and I thought he was showing signs of you know if we can just get a fourth, we might win this game. Um, and I thought he did okay, but as the midfield goes, he did very okay compared to the rest. So uh, for me, to me, he was the best midfielder on the pitch, and that includes the one everybody's raving about, Sawyer's. And I'm going to give him a six in both halves. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give him a seven first half. I'll give him a five second half. I don't think it was a lot of fault that was his, but he was playing holding midfielder. And he did get overrun a few times, especially towards the times they scored. I just feel that he's... I, the problem is with Jordan Thompson now, he's been at the club two and a half years. And I stay, he's basically a squad player, isn't he? If, he, if, he's, yeah, get, he if he's getting in your team, your first choice players aren't performing. Simple Correct. as that. And... But the thing is, he's doing better than them, which shows you the garbage that we've brought in into this club. And we continue to bring in, which we're going to talk about after we've done the ratings of the players. But I thought he did well yesterday, and he was the only one fighting for me, especially in the second half when the game was yeah, really good. He was fighting, and that's why I like him. He's a player that I do rate, and I think maybe if he can start really improving his game, he could be a first-team player, but you know, at the moment he's better than what we've got. Right, so now we'll talk about the player that everybody's raving about, Ryan Sawyers. Well, I think he's, it's quite clear he's got so much ability. I still think his legs have gone and we should have signed him three years ago. I also think that um, when he loses the ball, to me, he's a bit lazy. Almost looks casual when he's, he's got the ball moving forward, but he's lazy. He doesn't track back for me. He doesn't track back enough. And first half, when he wasn't under pressure, he looked really good. But even then, when he lost the ball, he... He um, he waddled about a bit. I think he's too deep. I think he should be playing further forward. So I'll give him a five in the first and a four in the second. I'll give him a five for the first half and I'll give him a three for the second half. Too lazy. Do, do a lot yeah. of running. He's got he's got good quality on the ball. I'm not going to deny that. 
but he's bone idle. He doesn't chase yeah. anything. And it's like, well, the problem is yesterday when they were breaking, they were getting more numbers in there. And Remain Sawyers was like a striker, just just shuttling back to the midfield. Yeah, he was just juggling around. It's, instead of getting, putting some stuff in and getting back to help out, he just did, couldn't be bothered. And that's the problem, that's a mentality thing. If he can't be bothered to chase the ball back and keep us in a game, he can't be bothered to stay at this club permanently and work his way through. You know, I'm just, yeah. he's, he's an all right player, don't get me wrong. He's scored two and three, is it one in recent weeks as well? So he is improving and changing my mind on him. But he's got to stop, stop being lazy. He's got to stop becoming a team player, which he isn't at the moment. That's what he screams to me, a player that isn't a team player. He's like Tonchai and, and other players like that, that, you know, yeah. just strolled around the pitch rather than getting stuck in when needed. Um, yeah, I'm not really impressed. Right, so we'll move into Joe Allen. Right, well, um, I find Joe Allen very, very strange to work out. He's either really good, and we've had too few really good games from Joe Allen, or he's just a meh player. Um, to me, he's just not good. For the situation we're in at the moment, where we want a captain who's a leader, and I do believe that there should be leadership throughout the team, by the way, but you have to lead by example. Ryan Shawcross led by example. Um, he wasn't very vocal but I don't think Joe Allen this season has led a great deal by example yesterday I, I just didn't think he was good enough against a team that as we both know were, were so bad when they arrived and by the time they finished they were world beaters so for me he's getting a four in both halves um, he's going to get a four in the first well a six in the first half actually he did some good stuff but yeah the second half two to be honest, a lot of a lot of running round again, especially in the second half, not tracking back quick enough, losing. The problem is with Joe Allen when he gets beaten, he gets beaten by somebody strong who just he like bumps into Joe Allen and it doesn't even affect the stride. You know, they just sort of carry on running like they bumped yeah. into a I don't know a like a leaf or something just, there's no attention at all but yesterday he, he, this is a player that's very highly he's probably the highest paid player at the club a player that should be dominating this he should be way up for this because he's a Swansea lad so to yeah. play Cardiff you should be up for this and ready for fight for this game but he doesn't and the quick, to me the quicker we can let him go the better he's another player that for me just get him gone. They've got to be a rebuild job at this club, but it's got to be done with some money. And we all know this. Right, so now we move into Stephen Fletcher. I thought Stephen Fletcher was outstanding for the time he was on. I thought he, he proved his, his class, his flair, his ability. Um, and I thought he, he could, uh, he was fanatic. I would never have taken him off. I mean, everybody says he was blowing hard. I'd have kept him on because that would have occupied the defence a bit more. But he took him off, and, and I thought he was out the best player on the pitch, along with Jacob Brown. So for me, he's getting a seven in both halves because he yeah. went on that long in the second. Um, he gets an overall eight for both halves for me. Um, Stephen Fletcher, I think he was the best player on the pitch. He took his chance as well. He had that deadly touch that we've been missing. Two good goals as well. I know one was a wicked deflection, but he still had the opportunity to hit it, and his weaker foot to the left as well. Any second goal was just pure class. <laughs> a beautiful little chip over the goalkeeper yeah. into the corner, which should have seen off the game. Let's be honest, at that point, Fletcher had done his job. He'd got us 2 0, he got two goals, got us up to 3 0. And, you know, that's all he needed to do. He, he probably shouldn't have taken Fletcher off because 
you know, we know he blows, we know he's at the wrong age, but you know, he, he was brilliant yesterday, to be honest, Fletcher, yeah, and it was, was something we needed to see. And for me now, he's he's first man on the sheet for me. Right, so we'll move it to Jacob Brown. I thought Jacob Brown was outstanding yesterday. I thought his header was a great header. I thought he, he worked really well with Fletcher. Um, and and the effort, the work rate he has, is he's improved so much for me in all-round play. Um, and so I'm giving him the same as Fletcher, two, two sevens for each half. Uh, same again, yeah, same for me, probably seven first half and yeah, probably probably a six second half, Jacob Brown. But it's it's a performance that we've been missing from Brown because he has been very at miss at times this season, in my opinion, but he, he is improving, which is the, the good sign of these signings. Like The thing is with Jacob Brown last season, I thought he needed a loan spell out, but this year he's come to the table and he's doing all right. He's adding goals and not, yeah, not a load of amounts, but he's, he's chipping away. And yesterday he took his header brilliantly. I even said, "What a goal that was!" Because you know yeah, to time that goal. brilliantly, time run in a, a beautiful little nudge Eddie to get it in the corner. Alan Shearer esque, as a Jordy would say. And yeah, brilliant performance yesterday from him. And the strike force didn't let us down at all. It, it was the other end that let us down. Right. Yeah. So now we'll go into the overall rating. Are we doing the subs? Oh yeah, we can do the subs. Yeah, let's go in with Tyrese Campbell. Uh, I thought he had no impact at all. I thought he looked rusty. He's, I don't care what anybody says. He's nowhere near match fit for, 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 for championship matches. To me now, he looks like the player that we let go out on loan, which is, again, not really without... You know, you can't expect it to be like that when he's been out for so long. I wouldn't have brought him on for two reasons. One, I don't think he's ready. And two, they're just liable to kick people up in the air. So he's getting a four from me. And he wants on the first half, so he's just getting a four. Uh, yeah, he gets uh, five from me. He, did, he had a good run um, in the second half, but he had a fit. You can clearly see he hasn't fit. You're right with that. With that. He, he shouldn't be playing at this moment. He should be getting a few um, 90 minutes Cameo in there. appearances. Yeah, he should be getting... 10 minutes at the end and getting as much minutes yeah. as he can for the under-23s till he's got that sharpness back and then you can go, right, we'll introduce you for 20 yeah. minutes or and then finally get you back in. Um, yeah, so I'll go on with a five, to be honest. Right, so then we'll move into the Sam Surridge. Not a big Sam Surridge fan. I think he's going to be a guy that flatters to deceive and... Um, I don't think he's anywhere near good enough. Having said that, I mean, Jacob Brown was flattering to deceive when we had him. Perhaps they'll make him a better player. But I just don't think he's he's up for it at the moment and he's getting a three off me. Um, I'll give him a four. Came on and did absolutely nothing, did he? I think he touched the ball four times, not getting involved enough, not getting himself in the right spaces. And every time I watch him, like yesterday, I kept watching him going, he's standing next to a defender again. Yeah. You know, that, that's what Benny Phobia was doing when he was out of form. That's what many other strikers have seen, like Berahinia, when they weren't scoring, were doing, was standing around too much, not moving. And when the ball comes to him, they're easy to get hold of because they've got a defender standing next to him. Yeah, and that, absolutely. And he's, for me, looking at him, I just don't think he's going to be good enough for this club, to be honest. I just I, He reminds me so much of Gregory. But Gregory had good hold-up play. He could knock the ball with his head. He, he just couldn't finish. So, you know, I'm not impressed with him at all. Right, and then we'll go to the last sub, but you're going to have to remind me because I can't think who it was. Vrancic. Oh, Vrancic, come on, yeah. Yeah, Vrancic. Well, I, didn't think, I didn't think he was on long enough. Um, and he always tries to make things happen, doesn't he? 
Um, he took a couple of corners, which I thought were quite dangerous. But then we had that free kick at the end, and I thought, please, please, just slump this in. It didn't even go on target, which was a bit disappointing. Uh, but I don't think he can make a big difference when you come on like him, and um, I think he'll probably start at Blackpool. Um, so hang on, I'm going to give him a four. A four, right? I'll give him a five. Um, because he, he had impact, you know, he put a good couple of good balls in, which uh, nearly nearly got us a goal. Um, yeah, the free kick was terrible. I've got to be honest. I walked out of that point. Where I've had enough. I'm going. <laughs> um, to be honest, he tried his best. He didn't have a lot of time to, you know, make anything impact. But I thought he did all right for what he did. He wasn't like Sawdridge that come on and did nothing. So he gets a five. Right. So now we'll move into the overall rating of the game. Well, if you if you're talking from a fan's point of view, four. Uh, I'm going over two. Um, absolutely pathetic I think the thing is they did great things in the first half and I could go to a one half rating and a second half rating but I don't care what anything else any, if any, other, any, any good play gets destroyed when you give up three goals to a team that crap in five minutes and it's it, it's unforgivable and I'm not happy about it I'm not happy with Michael O'Neill he's now shaking my confidence because this is the second year in a row now that they've fallen apart through his own tactical errors and it's just ridiculous what's going on. You know. Well, I'm going to say something here which which you clearly won't agree with because you're blaming Michael O'Neill completely. When we had the likes of Dilap, Hooth, Ryan Shawcross, Glenn Whelan, Johnny Walters in that team, do you really think if Michael O'Neill had been the manager standing on the side and they'd have scored a goal and then Cardiff had scored a second, do you really think those players would not have taken it upon themselves to say, this ain't happening, we ain't losing from three up, or they're not going to get an equaliser. Of course they wouldn't. They'd have sorted it out themselves because you have leaders across your team. And the problem at Stoke, you can talk about him being young. There's no leadership. There's absolutely not enough characters in that team when the going gets tough. And whether that's because they're too young or not, they have got to learn to be battle-hardened, and they're not. And they've got a soft underbelly, and you can't blame the manager for individual mistakes. You can blame him for putting them on the pitch, but when they're on the pitch, you cannot blame the manager for Joe Bursick throwing a ball in his own net, for Tymon kicking the ball straight to, to one of their players, for consistently Suter, who everybody was raving about, just not cutting out crosses or Smith. And that when we were 3-0 up, here's a question for you now, were you comfortable? Because I wasn't. I was comfortable when the third goal went in, yeah. Because I thought, well, we, we can't screw this up. It's Cardiff City, a team that haven't got a manager. They've got eight, eight straight defeats. You know, I've only scored one and eight, I think it is, or two and eight or whatever it is. This team shouldn't score three goals against us now. And, I, and that's what I'm so angry about. It. It's not the, the thing is, he could have changed the tactical change when, Bersi, when that goal went in. He could have gone, right, go deeper, lads shouted at everybody but we, we saw him we saw him on the touchline telling him get the ball up move higher move higher and then the second one went in and he was still telling him go higher you know change it you don't have to bring a sub on just tell them to sit deeper it don't, fair enough that you, we could sit here and go Michael O'Neill these players would have been different yeah well we had a great team when we had Walters and Everington and Delap and all them ones we were good players they would they would 
good good as a combination as a squad. There were no real flair apart from Fuller. But when you look at that squad, they are young players. They're young lads. Most, I think, the oldest player on the pitch was what was it, was it Fletcher at thirty three. But then the rest of them are all 21, 22, 23. So you have to guide them a bit. And when when they were just constantly riding high up the pitch, it, all it takes is a mistake which obviously has come from an individual area, but Michael O'Neill should know that. He knows that there's an error in that defensive line. Sit them deeper. Go, no, don't push up deeper, deeper, sit back a bit so so you've got time to think. But he didn't. He told them, carry on pressing higher. And that cost us the game. And we can all sit here and go, well, the manager doesn't have a lot to do with it, but he does. If he's... Yeah, sure, the manager had a lot to do with it, Ian, but if he's a player... There was a there were players who played for Mark Hughes at uh, Fulham, who actually openly have written in the press that Mark Hughes would tell them to do something, and they just go on the pitch and do what they wanted to because they thought it was the right thing. All I'm saying to you is we had players like that in past teams at Stoke. At this moment in time, we have got no players with have who have the mentality which you get, which you build as you become better. The team is soft, and everybody knows they're soft. And what will happen against Blackpool is that they'll keep flying up at us and know that if they score one, it's going to it, it's going to be um, you know easy to score another. I don't know whether it's you can blame it all on the manager. I think it's a combination of the manager, players, inexperience. But something's got to change, and it's got to change quickly. And if that is changing the formation, which I think you're coming on to or changing the personnel playing, it's got to be done on Wednesday. Oh, it says the formation I don't agree with. I think since he's been fiddling around, because he's, he's literally been changing the tactics on a regular basis, changing the formation on a regular basis. And he did this last season and it killed us, because then eventually the players didn't look like they didn't know what they were doing, which had a bigger fat impact on why I think we dropped well away from the playoffs. But it's happening again now, where he's fiddling the formation round to fit a player in, managers shouldn't be doing that. It, they yeah, should but, stick to what's Ian, winning. You've got a midfield that went missing in the second half and a defence that just didn't defend. I mean, nobody at 3-0 up expected them to capitulate like that, did they? Not even the manager. Well, of course he didn't. Of course he wouldn't have done, but... The fact is, we've got to have a system in place for when we go into panic mode like this, because it's happening every week now. It's yeah. happened against Millwall, it's happened against Cardiff, it's happened against Sheffield United. We can fall apart against Fulham. So he's had an early warning as well with how bad we were against Fulham and QPR, to be fair. Yeah. So he's had the, he's had this time, he's had these two pre-warnings. It's like the first half against Cardiff. I would have changed him and said, right, go deeper now, boys, because they're getting over the top of us. But he didn't. And they come again and kept scoring. He isn't changing things at the key point. That's the thing that's annoying me. You, fair enough, you can, you can have your tactics and your formation and go out and do that. But when things are going against you, you've got to react to it. It's not by bringing, sorry, John, for Fletcher, because that's going to do nothing. It's got to be a complete change to stop us conceding such pathetic goals. Two of them goals yesterday were pathetic. And when the, we're just lucky that one of them strained offside for it being 4-3. Yeah, we are. Because at the and end then of, you go up the other end and they can't even score when the ball's on the goal line. That's what I mean. It's it, the, the whole system. And we can't blame him. We, we can blame a lot of stuff because he's brought these players in. You've told on many occasions that the manager gets the final say on these players. He brought them in. And loads of them are failing now. Ostergaard's out the team. Ben Wilmot's looking like a lost sheep. 
you know, Chester, well, not Chester, because I think mean, uh, it was, it was Rowett who signed him, also, I can't remember. But the problem is, there's got to be a change in the formation and we've got to go a bit more defensive. Not putting a defensive midfielder in and going, oh, that'll solve, solve it, because he isn't a defensive midfielder, Tom, so he just does his best. So things got to change. And it, I don't think yeah, it's just the formation. He's got it's, for me four four two. Just just keep it simple and play two holding midfielders and Allen and Thompson until we can maybe get somebody else in. Sawyer's will have to play on his own as the cam until Powell's back because this is the big thing as well. We've got no Nick Powell, which is going to cost us. Right. So now. Yeah, go, and, I, and I, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's it needs to be solved. Right. So now we're going to Michael O'Neill's rating after that. Well, first half, I'd give him a seven. Second half, I'm giving him a four. First half, I'll give him a seven as well. Because I thought we played well first half. Second half, he's getting a two. He's getting a two because, I'm sorry, you should be telling them to sit back deeper. There's no point in telling them that players, you, you tell them, sit deeper, till, till the momentum's gone. Then you can start breaking out again. But... He didn't do that, and that's why he's getting a two from me. Not good enough at all from Michael O'Neill. And there's a big reason why probably 23% of the fan base wants his head at the moment, because of what's been going on. Which is what we'll talk about next, this rising and rising, sack Michael O'Neill is rising on Twitter, it's rising everywhere. What what do you have to say on this? Well, I mean, I, I, I think if you've got any intelligence, you keep away from ignorant comments. I, I'll ask this question, who are you going to get in, in place of him? And then they want a whole new load of players and a whole new load of staff. And it's not so long ago that he saved this club from going into Division 1. So I think it's way too early. Do I think Michael O'Neill has faults? Yes, I do. Do I think he's stubborn? Yes, I do. But then Tony Pulis was stubborn. Mark Hughes was stubborn. Nathan Jones was stubborn. I think we're going through a bad patch. I'll nail my colours to the mast now. Uh, what's gone on has been dreadful and uh, it's a lack of confidence, it's poor defending, etc. We know that. But I'll aim our colours to the master and I still think he'll get us into the top six. It's top, uh, top six, I, I think you're mad. <laughs> I think we'll be pushing for 10th for you. I don't think they'll get. Look, look, you look at the table. If Stoke go to Blackpool and win and go to Luton and win, you're right back up the top again. It's a crazy table this year and Stoke aren't going to be too far away I'm going for the top six you can have a go at me after the end of the season but I'm I'm still saying top six you're absolutely mad right <laughs> uh, to be honest there's a, I think there's a lot of people who are trying to bring it up like Saki Michael O'Neill well come on what do you think do you think he should go no, not at this moment. If you'd asked me at five o'clock yesterday, it would have been. Yeah, I would have kicked him out myself. <laughs> but um, now, now I'm a bit more sensible-minded and I'm a bit better. No, I want. I'll give him the season. But if things don't, if we keep plummeting like this, where he's making tactical errors that are costing us points, which he has done a few times now, then I will, I will reassess it at the end of the season if it is time for a new man. Somebody who could put you know who's got a bit of experience at getting teams up because we've got to remember Michael O'Neill has never been club manager really apart from the lower levels of Scotland and I think the Irish league isn't it so yeah. it's his first real go at a football club to be honest so he's got to learn on his feet which is what I'm going to let him do people who want him sacked I can understand why they do I'm going to sit here and say that I really understand why they do because this is a obviously a, a channel that isn't paid for by the club so. I have my own opinion on what it is. 
and I just feel that he's got to start changing things quick because if we carry on like this where we're just completely you know getting in good positions in the table and then falling away through bad management then he will have to go yeah but at this moment in time just give him the season and then we'll assess then is my opinion at the moment but I'm, I'm really not happy with him I've got to be honest at this moment yes, in time uh, especially after yesterday because I think when the match ended I messaged you saying get him sacked <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've kept that by the way I'll show it to you when we're in the playoffs <laughs> uh, oh, well, let's hope eh? right so now we'll go into um, the next match which is Blackpool um, I'm not looking forward to this and you I will have something to light up my life on Wednesday. <laughs> now, if we don't win the match, I probably won't go drive down the seafront and have a look at him. Being serious, I'm not looking forward to it at all. But, you know, there have been times when Stoke have come up against teams that are supposed to batter them and do well. And I never thought in my lifetime I would see Blackpool being a team that Stoke should be frightened of. So I'm not frightened of it. I think we'll go in a far more defensive mode. Um, they've had a very good run. They'll think if they can score... Um, they'll put three or four pastors, but I'm going for at least a draw. Um, I'm glad you've got some optimism. I'm not, to be honest. <laughs> I think um, I think we'll lose this. I've got, I've got to be honest. I think they are a complete pack, surprise package. I didn't think they'd get more than 10 points. I didn't. I thought they'd really struggle. I couldn't name a player. That, that's that's the good the, the thing about it at the moment. But they've come into the Championship. They've had good, good runs of form. They look like a team that, for me, are like Hull when they got up to the Premier League, a team that are on momentum and then it dies away towards the end of the season. But I've, I just can't see us beating them at this moment in time. Our confidence is down. We've got young players. Defensively, we're in absolute shambles. We've just got to try and score five goals and then you know win it 5-4. That's what we've got to try and get at the moment. Because at the moment, we do, like yesterday, it reminded me of watching a Kevin Keegan team. You know, where it was like bang goal and then it was down the other end. Yeah. And I just, yeah. I think it's going to be a struggle. He's, I'm scared of what he's going to do to the formation because if he doesn't change it and sticks with this same formation, I could see us getting another pasting again. Well, if, if you want to change the formation, if you're going to go to a back four, it's pretty unlikely and improbable at the moment because Fox isn't available. And Timon showed yet again yesterday that he can't defend well enough. So I think they'll stick with the formation. Well, I, I can understand sticking with it, but Danny Bat's got to come back. Simple as that. He's got to come well, back. I would have played Danny Bat yesterday, to be honest. I, I would have played him. And, and if he doesn't get picked in the team on Wednesday, then I think he ought to turn around and say, well, will you let me go then? Because uh, if I can't get in this defence, there's a problem. I mean, who would you... All right, I'll, I'll, I'll say now that I think he'll keep Bursic in goal. Right? Now, whether he should or shouldn't, I think he will keep him in. But when Davis made a mistake, he was straight out of the team. But you cannot keep swapping swapping goalkeepers. Because you, you saw Bursic yesterday when he let the ball in. Firstly, it was he was disgusted with himself. But it must go through your mind. Oh, my God, I'll be out of the team now. I think he's got to stick with him. So I'd have Bursic in goal. I'd play Smith. I'd play Bart. You've got to play Suter. I'd bring Ostergaard back in. And if I was keeping time in, in the team, which I wouldn't, then I think he will. So I'll give you the team I think he'll play. I think he'll play Bursic, Smith, Bart, Suter, Ostergaard and Tymon. 
I think his midfield will be Allen, Thompson and Vrancic. And I would definitely hope he'd start with Fletcher and Brown up front. My team, I think, I, I think you're wrong. I think Davies will be back in on Wednesday. I do, I think he'll put Davies back in. I'd go with Smith at right wing back. No, I wouldn't actually. I'd go with Dohani at right wing back. Oh my I'd God. I'd bring Ostergaard in. I'd bring... Well, I've just brought Ostergaard in. I uh, think yeah. will bring Ostergaard Chester out and never seen again. Uh, suited to the bench. I want Batten in that central, central mid defensive area. I want um, Wilmot in because I think Wilmot with it bats would improve. He needs somebody to lead him, which is what Suter isn't doing at the moment. And um, I'd bring Dowerty in, and if Dowerty isn't fit, anyone from the youth academy on the left wing back. I'd then put keep Thompson in the holding role, but I'd put Joe Allen next to him in a similar holding role with Sawyer's in front, and then yeah, I'd play uh, Brown and Fletcher, Fletcher up front. See, I've said I I I don't think he'll change to about four, but if he did change to about four. I'd bring, obviously, as I've said, Danny Bart back in, but I'd go with Doughty as fullback, and I'd put Wilmot in midfield, as you as you've said before. I'd put Wilmot in with Thompson. I'd play Vrancic, um I suppose you'd say in the hole behind Brown and Fletcher, but that's what I would do. That's the way I would change it. I'd I'd go with the same, but just for, I'd go with what he's gone with, but. At this moment in time, we, there's, there's too many holes breaking up because there's no def, no support between the defence and the midfield. So for me, if he did drop to a 4-4-2, then yeah, I'd probably do another diamond. But the problem is with diamonds, we all know diamonds aren't forever. Nathan Jones taught us that. The way I'd do it is I'd just put Joe Allen deeper with, um, what's his name, uh, Thompson. But then I'd have Wilmot as a bit of a supporter, but not too much this time. Just only get to a point and then stop and return back to the defence. I think Dehanik needs to come in, because I think Smith needs a rest. He's been poor the last couple of games I've seen him play. And the quicker we get rid of time and the better. I'd sell him in January, to be honest. Yeah. There's quite a few players I'd get rid of in January. Suit it as soon as the money comes in, bye-bye. And there's a few others, to be honest. We're still nowhere near it, Ange, and that's the truth. Looking at these players we've got, they, they just aren't good enough, are they? Like, well, you say that, but you didn't say that after West Brom. West Brom, we played them off the park. Yeah, OK, we only scored one goal. We played them off the park. And, and, and the matches at Millwall and the matches at Sheffield United, we were infinitely the best team. Now, unfortunately, it's not the results haven't gone the right way. But I'll tell you now that Blackpool have got really, really... Well, they're good out wide. They've got good players and this strong side at the moment they're on a good run and I, we're going to have to play very very well at Blackpool and that's why I think he'll go more defensive well he's going to have to go more defensive isn't he and that's that's yeah. the basic truth otherwise they will beat us and it's simple as that but I've got a feeling they will anyway my scoreline's going to be 2-1 Blackpool I just I, I think they're, they're too good at the moment we've, I think we've hit them at the wrong time that's the problem with Blackpool they're in good form they're a powerful team and defensively we're all over the place I just can't see any confidence coming out of it at the moment. So yesterday, but neither of us would pick Joe Allen. No, I wouldn't pick Joe Allen. No. 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 There you go. Uh, right, so we'll go and quick look at Luton as well because that's of course next Saturday. Yeah, and that's the one before the international break, and it might be interesting that we went from the last international break where everybody thought we were going to set the world on fire to going to this one with conceivably just one point out <laughs> of the next load of games. Um, I, I, there are many things in my life that I can't stomach, one of them being if we lost to the Vale, but now it's very close to me 
is if we lose to Luton uh, there because um, as much as Nathan Jones probably tried well he did try his best at Stoke he wasn't he wasn't the right man for this club but he's done he's gone back to Luton and he's done really well at Luton and he will be desperate for them to go above us in the league and do a bit of chest thumping so um, if I had to pick which one of the two games I would want to win uh, if we had to lose one and win one then I'd win at Luton but I do actually think we'll make a draw at Blackpool and we'll beat Luton. Uh, I think you're very positive. And then positive. you'll be getting your party hat ready for the promotion playoffs. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> Living on the moon. <laughs> 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 oh. Oh. What's the weather like up there? <laughs> right, Luton... Again, it depends on what turns up. At this moment in time, I can't judge it at the moment watching Stoke. I mean, that, that yesterday has doubt has knocked me for six. I, I doubt everything about them again now. It's the same as second half of last season where could we win, we might, I don't know, I'm not 100% sure. We could do, I don't know. But I hope we do beat Luton. But we know that Nathan Jones hates us now, so he wants his desperate get points against us. I, I think he was just the, the right manager at the wrong time. I think it was, it was such a mess at that point when he jumped on. I don't think he could get things working. And, you know, it's just a shame, but I, I, he was crap, I've got to be honest. Let's be honest. No, most of us Nathan Jones, do we? <laughs> no. Right, so what's your score prediction for the Luton game? 2-1, Stoke. 2-1, eh? 2-1. I'm gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna scrape it. We're gonna win five four. It's gonna be a big game. We're gonna do five we'll nil. Up. Up, we? Yeah, we'll be five nil up, and and they'll pull it back, but just won't have enough time to get the fifth equaliser. That's what'll happen. Hmm. I, I think you're very pessimistic. I didn't put you down as a complete doom and gloom man. Better than living on the moon, Ange. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we win uh, these next two matches, you should start the podcast afterwards with Walking on the Moon. <laughs> I might change the podcast to Living on the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Right, so do we know anything about the women today? Because I know they've played. Uh, well, I don't know if we've finished yet, but um, I mean, the weather is not really conducive to uh, great footballing times at the moment. Whilst I'm just checking that. Yesterday, were you amazed at the gate yesterday? Yeah, it was quite full yesterday. <laughs> what I couldn't quite understand was everybody seemed to be very happy first off, obviously, but then, as much as we haven't spoke about the Brentford match either, but I thought the crowd were very, very flat against Brentford, and I didn't think we were much better in the second half yesterday, did you? No, no. In the away end, we were doing some things. We even sang to the Boover end, give us a song, because I don't know what's happened to the Boover end. It's, it's completely gone sides. Once when I was young, you could never get a season ticket or a seat at the top left-hand corner of that, of that stand. No, no. It's empty okay. now. It's Why empty. do you think that is? I, don't, I think it's because they've all come to, the, to my stand, aren't they? The South stand. I think well, that's... I, I, I just don't know because there's no way you'd get me going into that stand if I knew you were in there. What? You're not a flag waver, are you? Oh, I'm not a flag waver, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, to be honest, I just give the away fans abuse, to be honest. I'm right, I'm right, near, the, right near them, to be honest. And I said to me, mate, yesterday, actually, I said, if we get back to the Premier League, everybody will want these seats that we've got here so we can't get rid of them because we're right up the top and right next to the away end. Everybody wants our tickets. 
they all keep saying people we know how much they want them because they always try to sneak in get little young lads are but the only problem is it's murder to get down if you need a wheel go who the yes, ball well too much information there the women are uh, at nottingham forest and the reserves at wolverhampton and as we are talking at this moment in time um after five minutes the reserves are two nil down Ugh. See, now look, see, you're getting fed up again, aren't you? Oh, I've, I've, I've had enough of football. In fact, um, Wolves are now 3-1 up. Oh. And um, it's not looking very good. Uh, there's no real mention of the ladies in, at Nottingham, so um, I'll just have a look on the old Nottingham site and see if there's anything there. But uh, they're sort of mirroring the men, aren't they? They're letting us down. Yeah, they all are. Yeah, it's... it's I'm, I'm, today, I've completely ignored football but nowhere near any of it. I'm going to get murdered on, on, on work tomorrow. It's going to be an horrible day. You know, three of the best. It's, like it's probably going to come out all the time and all that stuff. Cardiff, Cardiff for the best and all this stuff. It's just not a nice time at the moment because we, we, we're playing well, but then giving it away, which is the most frustrating part of it. Yes, but you're a Stoke supporter. Yeah, I'm used to it. You should really be... You should expect the bad times like this, Ian, make the t- good times so great. That's what I'm going with. Well, that's what I mean, but they're very rare, those good times. That's <laughs> so. <laughs> no, I know. And I, I actually thought on Wednesday, and I know I'm just changing a little bit of what we're talking about, but um, I, I actually thought on Wednesday we looked miles off. I thought uh, the players were scared. I thought they looked completely timid in the first half. Uh, they looked frightened of Brentford and it did make me think you know I want us to go up but there's so much money going to be have to be paid if um, if we do get into the playoffs and I know you think I'm living on the moon but I do think we would have to buy and the family would have to spend a lot of a lot of money and there's no, no updates on the ladies at Knott's Forest by the way no oh, that's okay Right, so I think that's covered. Everything covered. I don't go too much because we'll depress everybody completely on their Monday mornings or Sunday afternoons. So I think we'll leave it there, Ange. All right, well, thanks ever so much. Thanks for that, Ange. So thanks for listening. I know it's another bad one, but things will pick up. They always do. So if you like the podcast, make sure you follow us on all social media, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just add us and I'll accept you straight away. If... Yeah, follow on iTunes and listen through iTunes. If you could give us a five-star review, it'd mean a hell of a lot to me and to Ange probably as well. So thanks for listening. ta all the best.